You're listening to a podcast of Your Pet Matters with me, Dr. Michael Tequila, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. Your pet is an important part of your life, and Dr. T knows how to take care of your best friend. 107.7 The Bronx presents Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Tequila of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Every Saturday morning, Dr. T offers intelligent and informative pet health care talk with just the right dose of bedside manner, exclusively for our furry friends. If you own a dog or cat and have a question about your pet's overall health, call Dr. T now at 877-900-1077. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by the pet wellness professionals of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Small hospital, big medicine. For more information online, it's BarkMeowVets.com. That's BarkMeowVets.com. The doctor can see you now. Here's Dr. Michael Tequila and this week's edition of Your Pet Matters. Good morning and welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila, and we're doing our second round of interviews with the finalists for the idea. So if you've never heard of the idea, it's powered by my friends at Vet Prep. Um, they created a software program that allows veterinary students to actually study and helps them study to write the uh, national board exams. And uh, it's created by three veterinarians and veterinary specialists, and they're, it's a wonderful program. Um, and from that, when they started their program, they were veterinary students. And they decided, now that they're successful as veterinarians, that they decided to create this, this, this program to help young entrepreneurial veterinary students come up with an idea, uh, subject matter, uh, something for sale that will actually help create a second rate of income for them. And they call it the idea, and they're on their second annual uh, contest for this. And I've been fortunate enough to actually interview the finalists. And, and joining me this morning is Manoli Emmanuel Lytus and William Akil. They're both students at Midwestern in Arizona, and they've created a unique product. Um, I, I won't talk about it. I'll let them talk about it, but they created this wonderful, unique product that actually, um, you know, just as an insider, guys, it was, it was very, to see this product, it really, it really impressed me when I saw the details and everything. So I think it's, it's I've got good hopes for what, what you guys can do in the future and everything, because this is your first idea. But, but thanks for being on the show, guys. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having much. us. So um, the idea is a contest where the finalists are chosen and you actually get some financial backing to help you start this project if you win. Um, I think equally important is that just by getting to this stage, you guys are at the point where people are going to notice your, your product, potentially notice your business, and at the very least, even if you don't win this, you're going to be known and make the connections. And I think that that's a wonderful thing, especially to be students. And you both look like you're under 25, 26. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. Spot okay, so on. 24. Okay. So you got a, you got a long, long uh, uh, career ahead of you. And you got a lot of potential mm-hmm. to make a, make a big impact on the industry. And I, I think it's cool to interview guys like yourself. But, but what's, let's start with you, Manoli. How did you get interested in veterinary medicine? So I'm a little different than some other vet students. Like I originally, I didn't realize I liked animals until undergrad. I was, uh, you know, my, my dad, like typical Greek fashion, had a restaurant. So I always thought I wanted a business. And then uh, I was pre-med for a long time until I realized I hated it. And everyone, like, every, no one was, you know, helping each other. I just didn't like it at all. 
And then I had a cow class at Rutgers, and I loved it. And then I, it was all just, like, after years of not knowing what to do, I just went to, like, vet med randomly. I chose it in undergrad. And then I applied. I had a lot of prereqs already. And then I got into Midwestern, and here we are. Okay, so a couple things for you. Are you New Jersey, born and raised? Yes. Ah, yes. I heard Rutgers. Um, uh-huh. Does your dad still own the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Where, what's it called and where is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's in like it's in Elizabeth, right outside another university. It's called Tropicana Diner. Tropicana. And, yeah, I, that's why I gain about 10 pounds every time I go home. Oh, man, I'm going to drop in and say I know his son. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah right I, used to, I, I used to live in Linden. So, oh, no way. Yeah, That's and my awesome. wife works in Rahway. <laughs> yeah, right next door. Yeah. Okay. Now, well, I'll tell her to go visit it for a lunch break, too. That'd be awesome. But, yeah, but, seriously. Um, but, but we digress. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I know. The most, important about thing, thing. <laughs> the most important thing you said was that nobody helped each other. When you're talking about pre med, that nobody helped each other. And no offense to any medical professionals. Um, my one of my good friends is actually my family doctor. But um, in my graduate time, I actually spent time in med school, and it was kind of the same thing. There was a lot of competition. It's something that I don't find in the veterinary profession. I think that we're much smaller, and we're able to actually reach out and, and discuss things and help each other. So that's an interesting point. Um, the other thing is, a friend of mine's a medical doctor, and, and she worked at a couple mm-hmm. um, big city clinics, and she started talking about how. Things are pretty gross in the human world, and we use veterinarians. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like um, a friend of mine's a veterinary technician, and her husband told me that you know if the dog vomits, she'll put her hands out and grab it, but the kids vomit, she runs away screaming. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's true. Yeah. It's one of those things. But uh, so so you got interested in the veterinary profession. You did you, that cow course in undergrad. Um, did it for you. So what did you do? Something specific to prepare because clearly you weren't really thinking about it as. You know, many people want to be a vet um, at the age of three or four. And we'll get to you, William, because I, I get the opinion that you probably want to be a vet at a young age. But um, so yeah. so you're sitting in undergrad going, OK, this is what I want to do. So what, what sort of steps did you take to, to gain that experience and so forth? So, I mean, the only thing I could do, like I, Rutgers was good to set a farm. So I got a lot of hands on. But the only thing I could think to do to prepare was work at a veterinary hospital. So I got a job as a tech at a hospital in uh, West Orange, New Jersey. And I realized, like, this is a fun job. Like, you could do a little bit of everything, and that was the only preparation I had. Um, Luckily, you know, like I said, I was already trying to be – I was already pre-med, so I didn't have to worry about course load and stuff. Like, I had that in my mind. So, yeah, besides just getting my hands on animals and seeing if this is, like, if I have what it takes, that was all I could do. No, that's great. I, I think that's great. Yeah, I think getting that experience and, and the fact that you, you worked at a place and still wanted to do it, it really solidified your decision. Yeah. Okay, William, Absolutely. what about yourself? Was it was I right that you've always wanted to be a vet or were you were you late to bloom as well? Uh, I wanted to be a vet since I was in the third grade. So spot on. Um, <laughs> uh, we had I had a lot of birds growing up, so my parents had birds in the house since like I was a newborn. So I I was always interested in birds and I remember one day, I actually wrote this in my in my uh, my paper to get accepted into vet school. Um, we had a pet bird and uh, we left it outside, like in a cage during the springtime, just so it gets some air. And I realized I forgot to bring it back in the house, and a cat got to it. Oh, geez. and yeah, but it, he was fine. He just had like a little scar on his uh, on his uh, chest. So I remember grabbing him and like 
putting peroxide on his chest. And I was like, wow, I, I could see myself doing this. So that's how I got into, like, wanted to become a veterinarian. And, and are, are you, are you going to lean towards um, avian medicine or? Yeah, small animal and avian medicine. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And um, at the age of 18, that's when I started working in an in a animal hospital as a kennel attendant. And then at the age of 20, I started um, volunteering at the Bronx Zoo in the ornithology department. Oh, wait. So you're from New York? Yes. Okay. It's so, it's so funny. I, I'm in the East Coast interviewing two guys in Arizona. No, this is cool. Um, yeah, yeah, but to get a job at the Bronx Zoo, that, that's unique as well. You know, zoo medicine is, is one of those, those, those places that uh, it's difficult to get in and stuff. But yeah, more power to you. And, and honestly, guys, you may totally change. I was going to be a mixed animal pr- practitioner walking into vet school. And then, mm-hmm. no offense again to, to my large animal vet, <laughs> vet classmates that heard health management courses just... Nope. Yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> so I'm exclusive small animal. Are, are you small animal, um, uh, Manoli? You gonna go small animal? Oh yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, so just like maybe even feline only. I've been leaning towards that. I have a, I have a externship plan there to see how that goes. But you know, I never had a cat before until a year ago, and I realized like they're the best. So oh, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, feline medicine. I think is uh, is very. It's very prominent now, and, and it's probably the leader for the fear-free movement is feline medicine. Yeah. No, that's great. So, so we've, got, we've got two guys from different worlds. Um, out, out of curiosity, William, what do your parents do? Are you the only vet-related person in your family? Uh, yes. Are you, so my, my, my parents didn't like uh, any animals other than birds in the house, so like, I had to like, slowly get them used to other animals. So like. I, had, I brought a dog in the house. They're like, oh, my gosh, what is this thing doing here? And I was like, Mom, I'm just taking care of it. Just relax. It's okay. <laughs> and you end up taking care of it for the rest of, rest of its life, right? That's yeah, what that's what happened. Um, my friend uh, moved out of his apartment, and he couldn't take care of his dog for a little bit. So he asked me to take care of it. And I had it for like a month. And he's like, dude, just keep the dog. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your parents but, uh, are good, you're good sports and, and adjusted. That the bird, Did the birds accept the dog? Um, my bird, I have my bird next to me and my, my dog's back home on the East coast, uh. but my bird, my bird does not like the dog at all. <laughs> so, uh, and my, my dog learned to keep his distance away from the bird. So that's not a atypical story, but, that, but that's cool. <laughs> you got to bring your pet to school with you. That's awesome. Thanks. Okay. Well, believe it or not guys. So, so the, we, we've already taken up time for the first segment. So what we'll do is awesome. we'll take a short break. And we'll come back and we'll actually, you'll actually find out what product these guys invented. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. If you own a cat or dog and have a question about your pet's overall health, call Dr. T now at 877-900-1077. Now back to the premier radio show in Mercer County for helpful advice about your pet in this week's edition of Your Pet Matters. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I have two special guests. So to, to just give everyone a synopsis is I have the finalists. I've, I've been um, lucky enough to actually interview the finalists of this competition for vet students called The Idea. And it's, it's powered by Vet Prep. Vet Prep is this uh, company that, that 
really is a is a neat company. They made an app that helps students study for the national board exams, and the three owners of the company have done very well in veterinary medicine, and they want to give back. And they created this this whole concept of allowing any student with an entrepreneurial spirit to to enter the contest, which they can win. I think there's going to be over twenty thousand dollars worth of prizes this year. It's the second annual one. It's going to take place. The final um, judging is going to take place live on March sixteenth. Uh, between two and four, at, I believe at the Hard Rock Cafe um, in in Philly. So, so the students I'm I'm interviewing are actually going to be flown in. They're going to present their idea live to the the panel of judges, and then the decision is going to be made. So, so two of the finalists are joining me right now: Manoli Emmanuel Lytus and William Akil, and they invented a product called the U syringe and I'll just leave it at that guy so wh why don't you tell me how this whole concept um, began what made you want to do this so I had the idea back in 2014 um, I was interning as a technician uh, at an animal hospital and the doctor was teaching me how to draw blood and it was hard for me for my first time so then he sent me home with a, a regular conventional syringe and he's like, just practice, just practice using it. Just keep going over it every day. Yeah, yeah. And and as I was doing, I was like, there has to be an easier way. Like this is this is too difficult for me. And like I don't have big hands, so it's it was kind of hard for me to use the syringe. So <laughs> I went to I went to I have like a notepad. So I went to my notepad and I drew a syringe that can that can kind of like help people um, uh, draw up fluid with one hand. So that's how that started. And then I shut the book and haven't looked at it for a while. And then in my second year of vet school, um, I just finished taking an exam and I was tired. So I went to Starbucks and I seen Manoli there and we were talking about like some difficulties we had with, uh, with vet school. And one of his difficulties as well as mine was drawing blood before, uh, before doing our surgeries on our patients. And that's when I brought the, the, the idea to him. And then literally two days later, we got an email from Vet Prep about the, the idea competition, and we decided to join them. Wow. So it's, it's, all, it's all serendipity and, and you know, just yeah. fate and everything like that. So, 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 so you guys figure you're going to do this. You're going to go in together. But how, how did you go through the process of actually getting a prototype? I mean, you know, uh, just so the viewing listening audience knows is th they have a video out. So part of their presentation included a video. And in the video, you actually see the syringe in action. It's a... Uh, it's really neat, and, and I'll post the link. Um, actually, I downloaded that video, so I'll post a copy of the video to our Facebook page for anyone who wants to see that. But it's really neat that a traditional syringe has a plunger, in which case it's got this little uh, ledge that you kind of pull back on as the rubber um, creates a vacuum to pull out the, the, the fluid. But these guys put this little, I don't know how to describe it. It's a, a, Do you guys have terms for the, the pieces and everything like that? Yeah. Okay, so, so I'll let you guys yeah. describe it. So, um... So the syringe has an extended plunger. It extends to the, the outside of the barrel, and it's like parallel to the barrel, so it's just easier to use. There's You really need little to no hand movement to, to use the syringe, so it's very efficient that way. And so, so how did you guys get the prototype made? Like, who made it for you? So, so I can answer that. Um, we... One thing, like, us being in a group, I thought I was, like, the, mo the most creative person in the world, and then I realized I wasn't, <laughs> and that will, like, outshine me way better in that aspect. So, I was, like, three. we tried 3D printing for months, and I spent hundreds of hours making prototypes, and it wasn't working, like, everything would come out bad, 
And then one day, me and Moore in the library having another meeting, and he's just like, why don't we just make it right now? So we got syringes, we cut them up, and just glued them together. Like, he went home and melted the plastic of the syringes together to make this. And, like, you know, he, his house stinks now, but he made it. <laughs> And you got high in the toxic fumes, right? But, yeah, yeah. but you got the product. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah. Okay. And so, 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 so you make, so these are your prototypes, your, the handmade prototypes, which you got to keep one because it could be worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars like those automobiles are, right? Can yeah. You, one one day. Of those. So, so that's what you're using. Okay. How, so you literally melted it together because the, the, the material that it's made out of is tough to glue. You know, I've tried to glue tons of syringes in my time. Yeah. I, I realized, um, we realized after we glued it, um, uh, the glue says would not work on like a certain type of plastic. I forgot the name of the plastic, but it, oh, polyethylene. Yeah. So it turns out that the syringe was made out of that, um, out of that material. And I'm like, oh, that's why it's not working. So then that's when I decided to melt the plastic together. And out of curiosity, how did you, did you use a lighter? Or did you use, <laughs> what did you use? Yeah, paper? I have like, you know, uh, I have like those Bic lighters. Um, so I use that. And then I used um, I used like a, a little piece of metal to like touch the plastic so I don't touch it with my finger and burn myself. And like I'd wrap the plastic around each, around uh, both parts of the plungers that are going to connect to each other. So that's how that's how I did it. Wow, that's ingenious. Yeah. And here here I'm thinking that you guys talked to some. Uh, so so who has the 3D printer? Do you have the 3D printer? Uh, our our school actually does, and and they let us use it because they like I guess they three D print you know like different bone models and all that stuff, and and for certain surgeries they use it. So we talked to our dean, and he let us use it, and we used it twice before we called it quits. We're like enough with this, like this is not worth our time. No, but that that's great. I mean, I think it's very important to have a prototype that you can not only show but actually fool around with and figure out how to modify and everything. But that's that's yeah. ingenious. So, so Manoli, do you have bigger hands than Will, though? You're not as creative? No. <laughs> I don't, unfortunately. It's like I'm not creative and my hands are the same size. Like, it's the worst. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, so, so you got this prototype, and how did you go about – did you talk to your fellow students about testing it, or how did, how did you go about initially testing it? So we – when we first made it, we were worried about, like, it being stability. So – I mean, don't tell our dean this, but, you know, we went into surgery lab and I, I might have taken a bag of LRS fluid and um, I like we practiced it and it drew the fluid up perfectly and it didn't, it worked so well and we were so excited in our tests with LRS fluids. And then the, our mentor for this, for the idea competition was like, why don't you try to use it on a real patient? So we asked a friend of ours who has a great Dane. Uh, you know, just like big veins so we don't miss. And he was terrified and it was great because that's our perfect customer and it went off without a hitch. Is that the one you have in the video? Is that his leg in the yes. video? Awesome. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So he said great name. So, so you're, you're testing. So, so in your, in your honest opinion, should try to be as objective as possible. So I saw the stats yeah. on the timing of how fat, what's well, a third, it's a third quicker, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so the timing on this, do, do you really think that this, were you blown away by how well it worked? when you first put it together? Absolutely. I think, it, I mean, the time was great. I think that's important, especially when we're talking about like a stress or a fractious animal where you don't have a lot of tries and you don't have a lot of time. But I think what was more important was just, it was so comfortable. 
Like in every position, I felt very confident just like pushing down and getting at least a millimeter of fluid in any situation. And I think that's what blew me away more was just like I can get a whole syringe full of fluid in faster and not be worried about the animal and just get it done quicker. No, that's important. I think speed is important and, and comfort for sure. It is awkward using a syringe. It takes a long time yeah. to get that. Um, it's yeah, because it's so funny. So any new employee, you can tell that they just take. They're using two hands, right? They're taking forever doing this. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And stuff. Yeah. No, that that's great. I should have the, I should have the prototype on me as well. If, if you're yeah, sure. OG. Show it. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. So I have it here. Um, is it in screen? Yeah. No. You so gotta, you got to um, move it to your left. Yeah. Now it's in screen. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So you can see the plungers like extending up the side of it. Yep. So a normal syringe, you know, you poke and you do something like this. Correct. And see, I'm struggling already. Yep. And in the U-syringe, it's just, let me see if I can show it. It's just something like, I, you know, I can't show it well, but basically it extends up the side so you can just use your thumb for it. Like just like that. And my palm didn't move at all. It was quicker and it was better. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. I'm actually seeing two plug. You took a second plunger and and yes. modified it and put it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Pretty much, it was. Uh, we took the second plunger and we had to cut it up a bit, and you know, you could see the the marks on the bottom where where we you know lit it on fire. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically two plungers combined. We'll, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I think that's fine. No, but so and so this would apply for any size syringe, correct? Have you have you tried larger syringe? Um, that's our goal, and that's one of those that we really want to focus on next. Is because those are the ones that you have to use two hands, just because it's too hard. So we haven't gotten our hands on those yet, but that's before the competition. We will have those ready. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, guys, we have to take a short break, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll talk more about the U syringe, which is a really unique product. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077, A healthy pet makes for a happy home. Let's try to make your pet's home the happiest out there. Welcome back to Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blownberg. Listen to Your Pet Matters online at 1077thebronc.com or via your smartphone. Search and download WRRC1 in either Google Play or the Apple iTunes Store. Welcome back to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila, and I have two special guests today. They are students at Midwestern, but they are also finalists for the idea, the competition that allows students with entrepreneurial spirit to come up with a product or idea um, that will that will potentially hit the market um, and create a not only improve the veterinary profession, but create an, another business stream for um, practicing veterinarians. And, and they are uh, Manoli Emanuelitis and William Akil join me. Um, they are the they they're they're in the process of forming a, a really cool company. They call it East Coast Medical Innovations. Um, so watch out for that name. And the product that they are enrolling into this competition is called the Usage. Um, and so the idea is going to be held on March 16th between two and four. It's going to be a live competition for the finalists to actually show their products and be judged and the winner could win a lot of money to help them for the startup so um it's all thanks to the guys who own vet prep um and ira gordon if you're watching shout out to ira gordon ira gordon's a, a, a acquaintance of mine who's been on the show he's a really cool guy he's a, a radiation oncologist so he's a 
you'll get to meet him. I'm sure you talked to him, but you'll get to meet him at the at the competition. So, um, and the funny thing that I'm laughing all through this because I'm I'm talking to two guys from the East Coast and they're in Arizona. What what's the weather like there, guys? It's it, it was in the, like the high 70s today, so it's pretty nice out yeah. today, and it was really sunny. Oh my god! As it usually is. My backyard almost flooded here today. <laughs> I have fifty. <laughs> I have fifty something. So live it up, guys. Live it up. Um, so awesome. Before the break, we were talking about how um, you know William came up with the idea, uh, the timing of everything, of, of talking to Manoli about your your frustrations about learning how to use syringes in uh, in, in your in your clinics, and and he came up with this idea of creating an easy to use syringe. Um, that for our viewing and listening audience, it's basically an additional plunger on the outside that you can really manipulate with your finger and it makes it much easier, much quicker. Um, their studies indicate it's almost 30% faster than drawing up any fluid or blood, taking blood sample than a standard syringe. And, and you, guys, you guys are in the process of really looking at the finances of it, but it's safe to say that it's going to be competitively priced against regular syringes. Okay, that's, that's cool. That's correct. And the thing that kills me about this whole process is that, um, you know, typically some people send out a prototype to China to get something made. Um, these guys made it themselves. And so I think that's, that's really cool. So they, it's the same concept. They get to a prototype really quickly. Uh, but I, I think that's really good. And, 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 I, and I wish you the best on the success of this. But, but why, don't, why don't we talk about, um, you said that you guys have used it. You've been impressed. But you've also had some classmates use it and get some feedback on that as well. Yeah. So one thing we noticed, like when we gave it to people, the first reaction is like they they kind of question like how do I use it, and the second we show them, they're blown away. It's one of those things like video is nice, demonstration is good, but it's one of those like every single response we've had where it gets in their hands, they're like this makes so much sense. Like it, what have we been doing? Which has been a great response so far, and. It hasn't been just friends. We had our, some of our vet faculty like get it in their hands, and they're like, "This is awesome." And so, so I have to ask you, William. So the syringe has been around for a, a few centuries, really, right? The syringe, actual syringe concept. Yeah. Wait, did did you do any research? Did you come across that someone was trying to make a better syringe and came up with this, or is this is this is this something that is so uniquely different that you, you're the is there anything out there like did, did some guy in the 1800s try to build something different that might be similar to what you have? So Manoli and I uh, were looking uh, looking this up uh, during the idea uh, the first phase of the idea competition, and we found nothing. No one had this this unique characteristic on a syringe, and and it was it was great for us because like now we have an actual product that people can use, so it helped us out greatly. No, that's that's great. Yeah, I've never even heard of. I've I've heard a lot of people complain about learning how to use syringe, but it's almost like, well, this is this is all you have. It's like Model T four. You can have any color as long as it's black, right? It's it's one of those things. Yeah. So you know, you guys are you guys are totally changing the landscape. Um, how did you come up with the name of your company, the East Coast Medical? Uh, we're both from the East Coast, so <laughs> yeah, not that's Arizona, <laughs> not Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't that wasn't our most creative moment, but you know what? We wanted to make we wanted to highlight that we're like innovating, making new medical products, especially if we make more is down the line. Yeah, so it, it, just out of curiosity, you don't have to say it, but is is there anything on your minds right now that that? Okay, you're both nodding. That's yeah. totally fine. That's cool. Yes, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. 
So this is just the first, the first of many. Of many. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where where do you see this going? So the next day. So so regardless of whether you win, you're gonna take you're gonna try to take this to market, right? There's there's no yes. doubt about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so what's the next stage for you? What do you guys have to do to get to the next stage? Let's assume you win uh, and you get you get some cash to get going. What what are you gonna do? Uh, Will, can I answer this? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to do, what our phases, we have it, phase one is pre-competition, and what we have planned as phase two is mainly, we're going to focus more on refining the product, like, hopefully by then the product's set, uh, a fit, finishing the patent, putting the finals, like, dots and T, you know, but mainly we want to get partnerships with veterinary distributors, like Henry Shine and Patterson Veterinary, because we feel like that'll make this go on the national scale, with all the sales force that they have, and the reach, we think we can get this in the hands nationwide. Smart, smart. And even in the human world, this this is irrelevant for veterinary medicine, correct? This is this is a syringe, which can be yeah. used for any sort of application, human and human and science, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You're the, the uh, you're the third person to mention that too, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it just because it's a syringe, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's good. Well, no, yeah. so I'm not unique. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I'm just copying someone else. That sucks. No, uh, but no. I think this. I mean, you guys real realize the ramifications of this, right? You'll, you guys will be practicing veterinary medicine because you love it, but your syringes is going to be doing everything else for you. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that is that is really cool. So, so the fact that the faculty like it um, is has anyone given you negative feedback at all, or something that made you have to adjust things, or anything like that? Is there any constructive criticism? Um, it's been, it's actually been very constructive, which is nice. Um, sometimes we hear things like people don't want to use it or like wouldn't use it, but the only real criticisms we got was more just suggestions on how to change the shape to make it more comfortable. Like, you know, if my, if your hands are big or not and, or what if you wanted to use it normally, which is why we made the syringe so that you can use it completely if you wanted to use it the normal way, you can use it the normal way. If you want to use it the use syringe way, you can. And that was, we thought, great feedback we got from one of our friends. I want to go back to this. Say some people may not use it. So what 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 would be the the hesitancy for someone not to use it? What are they What were they saying to you? Oh, I just heard like, oh, but I'm used to using it the normal way. That was that was the main thing. It wasn't it wasn't really a cost thing or. Uh, it's a bad idea. It's what if my hand just goes to normal mode? And that's why this use syringe accommodates both. It's irrelevant. Okay. Yeah, for people yeah. who are type A and don't like change, it's irrelevant. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And and pack packaging for this, I guess it will be in one of those paper pa um, plastic packages rather than a, a tube and everything like that. And these are what you guys yeah. are working on now. You're looking at, okay, so production and, you know, how are we going to package it and everything like that. And how, how'd you come up with the U syringe? Is it a play on words that it's U, I, your loan type thing? or? Um, it's because, well, the syringe is in the shape of a U, like when I first yeah. thought it out. So that's how I came up with the name. Okay. That's so fine. here's the plunger taken out. You can see it's in the shape of a U, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, out of curiosity, what's your prototype syringe? Is it what, Who makes the syringe? Is it a BD or is it a... <laughs> You know, how many times all the all the markings on it have worn off? So it's like a clear plastic syringe now. There's That's nothing, good. nothing That's on good. it. So there's no copyright infringement right now. Nothing. It's a, yeah. it's a generic <laughs> syringe that I found. 
I found in the trigger exactly. in the in the medical waste, and I, I took it out in the sharps bin. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll 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 stick with that story. That that's now recorded. Good. That's great. We'll stick with that story. Okay. Okay. We'll take a short break, and we'll, and we'll finish our wonderful discussion with Manoli and William after this. You're listening to your pet matters on 1077, 1077 if you own a cat or dog and have a question about your pet's overall health, call Dr. T now at 877-900-1077. Now back to the premier radio show in Mercer County for helpful advice about your pet in this week's edition of Your Pet Matters. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I'm having this great discussion. It always... it. What blows my mind is is I'm I'm now in my career I've been doing this for 18 years so I'm now I'm now one of the old guys in the profession and and um, it's really good to talk to these young guys that are going to become veterinarians that are still passionate about the profession but then have taken a sidetrack where they're where they're creating this product creating another business they're diversifying themselves um, to to just to me it's going to better the profession but it's also going to be a guide for young students about what the possibilities are in the profession. We're always told that we could be jack of all trades from a medical standpoint, but but these guys that I'm talking to, both Manoli and uh, William, know for sure that you can you can diversify, period, within the profession. So so guys, would, would there there be any advice you'd give to any young, whether they're a high school student, whether they're a current vet student, um, or anyone thinking about an idea they have that they're trying to would they take it to market or what they can do? Do you have any advice that you would, you would tell them about things like that? Absolutely. At the end of the competition, they were saying exactly what we're going to go through. I would have been happy to just have it, it like a, a business plan, let alone a product, let alone talking contributors. And what we realized is like, you know, no matter how busy you are, it's possible. Everyone you see on Shark Tank is just a normal person. And me and Bill and I are just, we're two vet students who are busy. You know, I never thought of myself, I'm not a mega genius, and I was able to make something great with Will. So if I could do it, anyone can. And and there's no better time than the present. Can I put kind of put you guys on the spot here? Did, did both of you guys, um, how many applications did you guys do to get in vet school? Will? Um, I, I applied for for 25 applications and um, I got accepted into three schools. So, so, but you got in your first try, that right? Yeah, I got in my first try. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Manoli, same with you? Um, I actually didn't finish undergrad. Uh, it turns out I, I had way more uh, prerequisites that I didn't know. So I'm technically a college dropout when I applied, but I applied to 25, no, I'm sorry, I applied to 20 schools and I got into, I got waitlisted out of you, but I only got into Midwestern. One. No, and listen, I think you guys, it, it's funny because a lot of students that I know, so I've had five students go through to apply for vet school. Three are now vets. Um, it's interesting because the, one of the discussions is they, they only want to apply like two or three. And I'm going, maximize no. your potential, apply to, because I know there's a financial cost to doing it, but this is kind of like your career and stuff. So I think it's great that you guys have applied to multiple schools. In my time, I think I did. I'm from Canada. So I actually applied to, I think I did about 10. Um, I got yeah. into some places in the States and I got into Canada. But um, honestly, tuition cost-wise, 
Canada is way cheaper. <laughs> so, so that that was my decision. Otherwise, I would have been I would have been at Purdue. If money was no issue, I'd be I'm so Purdue, jealous. But, yeah, but but along those lines, so 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 you advise people to apply to multiple things, and and it's funny, uh, Manoli, you're you're not you're 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 clearly highly intelligent if you get in after your first try, and you're you're technically a yeah. college dropout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no diploma. <laughs> no, so 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 don't ever say that uh, you know you're not you're not smart or anything like that. And I think that we're we're all in a it's funny we're all in a different pool as, as far as career goes and everything like that. But don't ever say things like that. I think you're you're brilliant. You're brilliant doing all this stuff. So so you're advising to apply multiple times. But as far as this this product goes, how many hours a week are you, have you guys spent on actually working on this in addition to the caseloads and 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 studying you have to do? So, um, so we would, we would set up a schedule. Well, Manoli would do the scheduling cause he's more organized than I am. So he would schedule it and he, he would say, okay, let's meet at the library for at least an hour or two and figure out what we're going to do. And then we'd write a list, figure out what we're going to do. And then if we were tired, we'd go home and then we'd finish that list that we were doing. So we would do at least two to three hours a week on it. And, um, and it, we got this far, so it's it's been helping us out a lot. So, and, and when when did yeah. this whole process start? When when you guys heard about the idea? So how many months you've been doing three hours a week? Um, I think we got it back in September. Back in was it September, Molly? Well, like September was when the weekly meeting started. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so I mean three hours. Three hours a, uh, a week may not sound much to the average listener or viewer, but in your vet school, three hours a week is a long freaking time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so more power. Hey, did I just see a cat walk by? Did I just see a cat? Did I see a fuzzy object walk by? Really? Yeah, sorry. My cat has... <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. no boundaries and just walks by. I love it. That's cats being cats. And um, I have so... to let him do it because if not, he'll sit, he'll sit there in front of it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, and so, so if we could just switch gears and go along the lines of finances. So, so when you guys got into veterinary medicine, you were you were geared towards an X amount of debt. I don't know if you guys do you guys plan on doing internships and residencies. Is that you thinking about doing this stuff? Or? Yeah, plus minus. Um, it's yeah. still on the fence. Yeah, yeah no, same. That's fine. Um, it's uh, a friend of mine. She's a critical care specialist. She said that a lot of the students that she visited, um, she's from Canada back home, felt that they had to do internships or residencies, and, yeah. and, and you don't. I don't, I don't think you do. Um, it, I think you can find your niche. You guys, you guys have already, you guys have already done that almost ownership experience, right? So you guys are in a completely different ballgame. I think that um, I concentrate more on on being involved in the business management stuff and stuff at school. Yeah. Um, I think those are the ways to go, but but typically you come out of vet school, and I always joke that you, you have a debt that's equivalent to a house, depending on what state you live in. Um, and so, w- what would be your best advice to these students that you know? I, I've, I've talked to so many high school students that are keenly interested in veterinary medicine, but they seem to be talked out of it by either practicing vets or um, I'm not sure if it's my state governing body, but they get this idea that it's so prohibitively expensive. That they don't want to go in. So what 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 would you say to students like that? I I would. Do you want to say it, Manoli, or should I talk? Oh yeah, I I, I, I can say something. Okay. Um, Will and I are both in the practice management course, and we were scared about the debt, like crazy, you know. 
And then the more we learn, though, it, once we got into vet school, we realized like we're learning to be good doctors, not good businessmen. So we took this course, and we're learning about things we can do to make ourselves more successful as far as ownership or specializing or whatever. Even we're learning about taxes and investment and retirement. And honestly, I'm not I, – I don't know about Will, but I'm not really afraid anymore. And I feel like I have a grasp on it. So I would say learn all you can about business because you will learn like regardless of the amount of debt that it's manageable and it's worth it if veterinary medicine is something you love. You totally agree with that, Willie? 100%. Okay. Okay. No, that's yeah. that's good. And that's a positive uh, spin on things like that. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I think that, um, I think it's great that you guys are in the business management. There's three areas that I would advise young students, especially you guys in, in veterinary medicine to study. One's definitely business management. Um, you can't get enough of that. Second is um, how, to be, how to be like a, a counselor for clients. Nine times out yeah. of 10, you are in the room doing that. And the third is some sort of stress management techniques. So the three things I see with, 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 with recent grads and people who have been out in the field three to five years is a business sense. Do they have it? Most of them don't. Are they capable of dealing with people? Right? So you guys come across, I, I would say, William, you're a bit more quiet, but you're not, you're not, yeah, we all, we're all introverts. You're a bit more quiet, but you will definitely talk to people as Manola, you're just out there talking to people. So I could totally see yeah. <laughs> that side, but you're not, you're not afraid to talk to people. And that, I think that's yeah. very important. Um, and the third is, is clearly, I don't know what you guys do for stress relief at vet school, but you're going to need something like that in the, in the real world, because it's going to be, um. Dr. Ernie Ward just gave a talk and he said the first thing he does, first thing when he gets up in the morning, he's, he tries to think of something in his life that he's really grateful for and that totally just steers the way towards a more positive day. And then he has a list of things. I, I thought it was great that you guys meet and create a list of what you need to do. Um, I think yeah. writing down things is important as much as we're technologically savvy, getting that handwritten thing down um, is very important for what you do and getting those lists completed. So you guys are actually halfway there keeping that day positive and on track. So it's all good stuff. but. But, um, you know, I really appreciate the advice you guys gave to the potential students that I think this profession is phenomenal. I think the people that I meet in this profession are phenomenal. I think that what we do is great. I think um, it's just that yeah. we need the skill set that at your level of education, if you can get that, um, I think it's very important for your success in the future. Does that make awesome. sense? That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you what, guys. Um, Keep in touch. Um, I'll definitely see you in uh, Pennsylvania um, at the at the live event. But keep in touch because there are um, whatever contacts I have that can help you. Respect irrespective of the use syringe. Use syringe is probably going to take off on its own. So um, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know the top <laughs> people at Patterson and Henry Shine. I can put you in touch with my rep. I can put you in touch with my East Coast reps. So you'll have a, a market there. But um, I think that um, any uh, other contacts that I have is is important. Like we talked about networking, the importance of that. I think that wh whatever way that I can connect you guys, any one of you to the, the future classmates or anything, just reach out and everything. But I, I wish you guys the best of luck. Um, I have to tell you that, that the judges, you know, you look at things and things that caught their eye was the use syringe really, it, it's one of those unique things, right? Cause I've never seen it before. So I think it's really neat, but I wish you the best awesome. of luck. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank so, you very much. Yeah. Do you guys have midterms before the uh, the contest, the live event, or okay? Yeah, we we have finals coming up. Okay, so good luck yeah. on that. Study hard. Thanks. You know, um, drink your coffee, pull your all nighters if you have to. 
but study hard there, and I wish you the best of luck, and we'll see you uh, in Pennsylvania. Awesome. We'll see you then. Okay, guys. Thanks. And remember, yeah. everyone, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. Thank you for seeing our doctor this morning. You have been listening to Your Pet Matters, the number one pet health care show in Mercer County. Your follow-up appointment is next Saturday at 10 a.m. Tune in to hear Dr. Michael Tequiwa of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg, along with his expert guests as they share their knowledge and experiences to help your pet live a long, happy, and healthy life. Want to catch up on Dr. T's advice? Click on the Your Pet Matters page at 1077thebronc.com. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by the pet wellness professionals of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Small Hospital, Big Medicine. For more information, it's BarkMeowVets.com or like the Animal Hospital of Kingston and Blauenberg on Facebook. Tune in next week at 10 for another edition of Your Pet Matters exclusively on 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com.